Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Chicago Public Schools began this school year with roughly half the bus drivers needed to transport all students in the district. This shortage forced the district to narrow bus services to homeless students and students with disabilities, as required by federal law. Now, that's left many families in a tough spot and the district searching for other solutions. Now, one possibility is a rideshare service, kind of like Uber, only for sending students to school. But there are a lot of roadblocks before that could be a reality. Here with us to explain is Joelle Jackson, an investigative education reporter for the Illinois Answers Project. Hi, Joelle. Welcome. Hi. Well, thank you so much for having me. So let's dive right in. What is causing this shortage of bus drivers? Ooh, I think there's a couple of different reasons. Um, the shortage of bus drivers really has been 10 years in the making. So this isn't just a issue that kind of happened this school year. Um, essentially, you know, wages are a big problem in that bus drivers do deserve to be paid fair and equally for their work. Um, along with that, I think we have a new reliance on, or at least a growing reliance on drivers. And so mm -hmm. the definition kind of of what a driver is and who can be a driver is changing in our society. You know, we have uh, drivers that can deliver your groceries, that can drive you to different places, that can deliver you dinner. And so, you know, one of the role, or at least one of the challenges to becoming a school bus driver is obtaining your commercial driver's license. Right. Um, and so some individuals may feel like they don't want to go through that licensing process. That's an extra set of background checks and tests. Mm -hmm. um, and there's other companies that, like Hop, Skip, Drive, you know, are essentially allowing individuals to be drivers in yeah fulfill that need. And we'll dig into hop, skip, drive mm -hmm. a, a, bit, a bit more, but I want to get more of this background from you. This issue, is it unique to Chicago or is the country seeing this shortage? Yeah, it's definitely a country shortage um, issue. So, you know, we're not, what we're experiencing here at Chicago Public Schools is not unique to the city. Um, it's just unfortunately really impacting our students and families of the district, given the size of how many students that our district serves. Um, of course, you know, school districts across this nation are having to look into other different transportation options and maybe come up with different solutions just like CPS is doing. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it just is impacting different cities, different states very differently. Very differently. Um, and so focusing on here, which groups of students aren't able to access transportation right now? Like who's most affected? Um, I think everyone, but I would say, you know, as of the policies, general education students, magnet and selective enrollment students are not able to receive transportation. Um, CPS has been able to give venture cards or monthly stipends, and even some students with disabilities are not able to receive transportation. And so that's where all these alternative methods may come in. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. those are everyone. And the issue that this creates then for parents? Mm -hmm. the shortage. Let's talk yeah. about that. Essentially, um, I think one of the biggest things that I've heard is having to change your schedule. Um, a lot of parents rely on the fact that they know where their students are going to be at a certain time, you know, go to the bus stop um, at a certain time and then be able to return home and know in confidence that their child is going to be on the bus stop or back at home. And so when transportation is not being able to be provided to families, it's just a disruption. It causes 
causes there to be questions of what do we now need to do financially to invest in other transportation resources? Um, do I have the flexibility in my work schedule to change my arrival time in order for my children to get to school on time? So it just presents, you know, yeah. a lot of burdens, especially when it's quite the domino. Yeah. Effect. Yeah. When you're trying to make sure that your kid starts the day off to a good start in yourself. Yeah. I'm hearing the district was also previously under fire. This was for students with disabilities facing long bus uh, bus commutes. So busing's been an issue for 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 years. A while. Yes. <laughs> a while. Uh, what's the district currently doing to address that shortage? Um, so right now the district has um, increased the wages for bus drivers. So it has been a $5 increase over two years. Um, they have also, you know, done a very big publicity kind of trail of trying to attract these drivers and say, hey, we're having learning centers where you can learn about being a driver. Here's what we can do to help you get your CDL mm-hmm. um, and, you know, how to go about that process. And then, like I mentioned previously, the venture cards right. um, stipend for some students. But right now that is unfortunately all the district can really provide. You also mentioned Hop Skip Drive, mm-hmm. right? That's a uh, it's a transportation network uh, company it was designed specifically for students. Just tell us more about how it works exactly. Yeah, so I mean, you kind of had it spot on when you said it earlier. It's like Uber about, for kids. Yeah, <laughs> okay. you know, it's really that visual of having a platform and the school district just puts the student addresses in, you know, point A to point B, um, and then. The driver is then able to be scheduled, approved. Families will get notifications of when the driver is approaching. Um, and then they can also track that drive of the student on a live mapping on the app that they have for Hopskip Drive. Um, but essentially, you know, that is that's pretty much it. And they also offer yeah. rise to internships and extracurricular activities. And, and we won't be seeing this soon. That's because of state law, right? So explain that a bit, Joelle. How does state law stop Hop Skip Drive from working in Illinois? Yeah, so currently um, the Illinois Vehicle Code requires all drivers, even if it's in a passenger vehicle, to obtain a special um, bus driver's permit. And so this is kind of just specific to Illinois where the state is requiring this permit of drivers, even if they are in passenger vehicles. Um, And simply Hop Skip Drive does not really want to comply to these state regulations. Mm. Their whole principle is that they are creating a new set of drivers that don't want to go through these different licensing processes and just kind of simply want to drive the students, of course, going through various background checks that the company has. But, um, you know, this kind of company versus the state regulation is really causing us to be at a standstill. Mm -hmm. There is precedent that other states have changed their laws and legislation to amend the vehicle codes and allow hop, skip, drive to operate in other states and cities. So, you know, so it yeah, could be yes, a possibility and, down the line. Yes. And I yeah. think that's why it's important for parents um, to know about this, because, you know, if you have concerns, definitely reach out to CPS officials. But this is very much so a possibility that could happen. Yeah. I want to bring another voice into the conversation. Joining us now is Ismael El Amin, who's a parent who has taken things into his own hands. And he started a carpool service for CPS families. Welcome, Ismail, to the program. Good morning, Sasha. So you've got two kids who are in Chicago Public Schools right now. They don't qualify for transportation. So talk to us about how that affects your family. Sure. So when you read about those families where it's like some of them travel up to 20 miles a day, some of them have multiple children, some of them work, some of them only have two vehicles. 
That's our family. That's all you. That's all us. That's all you. So, yes, four children total. Two of them are in CPS, Selective Enrollment Schools, where you test in based off of, you know, the quality of the school and where you want them to go under the assumption that if they get in, it's on your responsibility to get them there. So we've always been outside of the range for a bus. And my wife has always said, okay, how are we going to get them there? And I just said, all right, throw it on my shoulders. We'll make it happen. I mean, you're making it sound easy, but that's stressful. I'm a, I'm a uh, parent, and I know that like we, we when you make decisions of where to live and all of that, and you're trying to figure out my proximity to the school and how the kids are going to get there, my work schedule, that's a lot to consider for certainly. a parent. And we, we choose to ignore the stress for this moment. Um, but yes, it's definitely stressful. Um, when you look at which schools you're going to go to, the start times, the locations, where you're going to go to after that school, how mm-hmm. do you get to work, extracurricular activities, the residency that you have, like you're looking at a lot of different factors. Yeah. And that plays into, you know, just about every move you're going to make. So what do you think of a, a rideshare service like Hop, Skip, Drive? So if a Hop, Skip, Drive is going to come into play and we're talking regular transportation, I first look at the cost. I first look at my own daughters and their comfortability with a new driver every day. That's not something that would be ideal for us. They would much prefer someone that they're comfortable with, that they have a relationship with. Mm -hmm. Um, A few different things around the the makeup of it that led me to another another direction when it came to coming up with a solution. Yeah, let's talk about that. You've got a carpool network of your own. How does it work? Sure. So piggyback network is parents that are driving already going that route, either from home to school, school to after school activities, after school activities back home. They're signing up and creating profiles saying on this given day on a regular basis, I'll be making this ride. If anyone is available to ride with us, we'll pick them up if it's along our way. So that way we're actually reducing the number of cars on the road. Mm. We're actually creating access for families that their opportunity was not there because transportation is not available. So that child's been sitting on the couch or they never enrolled in it or they never went to that school that's outside of their bus range. We're actually trying to provide a solution for those parents. What are they saying about piggyback? The parents, what are you hearing? The parents that have enrolled, uh, we've got about 320 signed up here, mostly in Chicago um, since October, since we started our insurance policy. Um, they're loving it. They're, they're the ones that have found the matches that are able to use it. They're registering every two or three times a week, only on the days that they need it, where they can't make it themselves. Uh, sometimes they can pre-plan weeks in advance. I know I'm not going to make it on the 26th. Can my rider come, my driver come pick me up? Mm-hmm. And then that driver has the flexibility to say that works for my schedule or it doesn't. So yeah. if it doesn't work, they can find an alternative route. You mentioned something really important when we were talking about hop, skip, drive, right? You talked about the the change of drivers every day and just sort of the safety that comes with that. So what do you say to the person that's going to ask the same question about piggyback, right? Are are background checks in place? Um, You know, do drivers have appropriate car seats? I'm thinking of younger kids. So car seats and background checks are in place. We start as young as six months old. So this started with my children in daycare where if you're going to check someone into daycare, you had to do a fingerprint scan, and that was the, the daycare's policy. So if there's going to be a piggyback match that's going to pick up my child, check them in or check them out, I would take them to the daycare a week in advance and say, hey, this is going to be an approved pickup and, and drop-off for my child. They would register, show their driver's license, do their scan, everything you would if it was a brother, if it was a mother-in-law, anyone that's going to be helping you, that's your piggyback driver. It's now part of your um, part of your guardian family. Yeah. You know, you mentioned your kids are in various schools. So we know that some kids travel very, very far in Chicago right now uh, to attend school. How long is the commute 
uh, for your kids and some of the other kids that you know about? Sure. So my oldest child, the first one that we got into a selective enrollment school, it's 18 miles from our home to the school. So we looked at that wow. route. It's about an hour right up and down Dan Ryan, sitting in that awful traffic every day. 18 miles to get to school. It was the best school at the time. Mm. Yeah, I'm so, not knocking you. I'm just <laughs> it, 18 it, miles it, is a lot. A lot of people knock it, but it was just like, okay, we'll make it happen. What happened was along that drive, I started seeing families from the same school. And now we're riding next to each other for the last 30 minutes of our commute. And I said, hey, we're smarter than this. Let's get to know that driver. Let's get to know that family. And then when we start having play dates and having different, you know, discussions, we realize we may live in different parts of the city, but we're pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Once we get to know each other, it's like, hey, are you comfortable taking my child on Wednesday? And start cracking into that kind of conversation. So that's kind of the nature of bringing the parent community together. Yeah. We're all parents. We're all doing this grind together. We're all working. We're all concerned about similar things. Once we get to know each other, we can become a resource for each other. Very interesting. You know, Joel, a ride share option, as we've said, it's it's very early mm-hmm. in talks right now with the district. But if CPS were to go a similar route, a ride share route, do you think it would be accessible to all kids, um, all families? I can't definitively say, but I definitely have concerns for the how far this service would reach CPS families. And I mean, students. what did you see with the other districts around um, the country? Was so with, it sort of spread out? Yeah. So with other school districts, they're kind of using it for a specific student population. So they may use it for their students that are homeless and maybe are out of the school district um, boundaries. Some school districts are feeling more comfortable and, you know, slowly allowing their general education students to use the service. So mm-hmm. haven't really seen it where this service is completely used as like the 100% solution for transportation of school okay. districts. It's more of a side-by-side to help complement the school buses um, and, you know, make sure overall that the students get to classes. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, but I definitely, I think that is my number one biggest concern is the equity question of just making like who sure. who will get this? Yes, and that CPS Who will can, be able to afford this? Exactly. I mean, if the school district is contracting, they will be responsible for the bill. Sure. But, you know, that, that given the budget of CPS and kind of what we're seeing financially, a new transportation service that we yeah. have to contract could be another um, challenge. I feel like parents will still have to eat <laughs> some of that cost. Yeah. I, I've seen it happen before. Uh, and, and you talk about busing there. I want to be clear in this conversation. Busing is also not perfect. Right. Right. You know, even for the groups of students that CPS is able to to serve. What did you hear from school leaders about? how something like a hop, skip, drive could address the needs of homeless students Mm -hmm. even. I think for um, right now what I've kind of been hearing is that school districts are just really trying to make sure that they get their students to school. I think that's kind of been the biggest priority that I'm hearing across the board. Um, And so a lot of schools are also looking into route optimization to make sure that the school buses that they are using are on the correct routes that are effectively getting the most amount of students on buses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that, you know, if you're able to do the route optimization and then have kind of the side by side with hop, skip, drive, mm-hmm. hopefully a district is able to get as many students as possible, um, you know, and make sure that the students are arriving to school on yeah. time. Um, and so, you mentioned earlier, I mean, the district's offering these stipends to, to families of, of students with disabilities or homeless students right now and, and venture cards, mm-hmm. right, to, to some kids that are attending the magnet schools or the selective enrollment schools. Um, 
I hear, Ismail, that you, back in the day, you relied on CTA when yep. you had to get to like football practice. Sure. What was that like? So junior high, I was attending um, a selective enrollment junior high school. The bus would drive me off at home, and then I was going to football practice, uh, which was maybe five miles away. And taking that CTA to football practice, I would arrive late. So I was constantly late. My coach talked to my parents and said, hey, is there a way he can get here earlier? We're trying to have him be a captain this year. And parents said, we work. We have other children. We can't do it. So the coach actually offered to drive me. He said, I live near you all. I can actually pick him up on my way to practice and get him here. Mm -hmm. At the time, I thought that was crazy. Why would he do that? I'm not his child. But now looking at it, he saw the importance of that. And that helped me become the captain that year, went on to be a captain in high school, went on to get recruited. But I'm also seeing something time. else. That's that's kind of how piggyback was mm-hmm. born. That's, that's been right? in my It's head. that same community feel. Like, we're all trying to get somewhere. Yep. We're, we're grinding together. Yep. Let, let's put our heads together and exactly. get and I, from A to B. Yeah, and I think, like, one great point that of piggyback that I kind of want to also highlight that I learned um, is just the fact that once parents are connected, they have to have a conversation with each other just to make sure that they're – um, the familiarness and the comfortableness. And I think that's an important aspect for parents to meet one another and say, hey, you are going to be driving my kid. Um, let's just get to know each other as individuals, as a community. And I think that is, I think that helps with the safety fears for sure. To that point, I mean, is do you need more than just a conversation with another parent? Like, is there a legal component here when it comes to like you're giving a ride to someone not related to you sure so we have we have our background check that piggyback does initially that's right before the match happens once the match happens it's on the two users to meet in person so there's a screening process that they govern they get to say hey let's talk about this let's talk about that let me get my child in front of you we want that comfort level to be 100 percent on both sides before those rides actually start so we do have a contract that they'll sign to say i'm agreeing to do this drive in addition to the car insurance that we're providing, there's also this, you know, package that they put together to say we're agreeing out of our own, you know, ability. We're not just saying here's this blue car coming around coming to pick up your child. Right. We're saying Lisa's coming around to pick up your child. That's who you met, who you agreed with. Mm-hmm. And that becomes part of the comfort level is this network is a person that you selected, that you approved of. Right, right. Well, before I let you both go, I mean, what else do you want to see from the district, Ismail? So we're speaking with uh, CPS, and we know they've got some some obstacles to get over as far as what it looks like to be an alternative service. Everything right now is very bus-centric, and we are innovative. We are looking at things from a practical point of view. We are parents ourselves, and we do have other cities that are interested, other um, parents that are outside of CPS that are interested, and this is more of a holistic parent solution, mm-hmm. whereas if CPS you know, doesn't get on board with it, we'll still be okay, we'll still be growing, but... We would like the support, and we know the families are out there that would appreciate it as well. And Joelle, what are you going to be keeping an eye on? Um, I definitely am keeping an eye out on just transportation in general. Yeah. Um, I've definitely received some comments and some follow-ups on the story, you know, and a lot of people are curious as, like you said, you know, how practical is this to come to, to CPS? Um, but also, too, I'm just a general education reporter, so education is my world, and I think I'm just really interested in seeing how um, this next semester plays out. Wow. Well, that's Joelle Jackson, who's an investigative education reporter with Illinois Answers Project, and Ismail El Amin, who's a parent who started a carpool service for CPS families. Thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank you.